Welcome to Rick's Rumblings. And of course, I'm Rick. Uh, I go usually by Rick, and even though it's Richard Knudsen, nonetheless, it's, uh, it's, and I'm not rich, <laughs> and even as much as I'd like to be rich, it just didn't happen. So, Rick it is. And so I wanted to give kind of a, an overview of what to expect in the following episodes and kind of give you a background or a backdrop as to what I'm all about and somewhat of where I've been and done, <clears throat> that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, in general, I consider myself a, a maintainer, uh, basically. You know, I'm the guy that, that fixes your wagon. Uh, <clears throat> I started out, you know, it's my tour in the Air Force, had my vacation in Vietnam, you know, came back, went to school, got a degree, and practiced consulting engineering for several years, and uh, decided that, boy, you know, the, the world really needs a, a teacher more than they need an engineer. And so I went back to school and got a degree in education, and, and found out within a year or two that that I just wasn't a teacher. I'm a maintainer. And so I went back into engineering. And, and that lasted until 1988 when uh, I was with a firm in Pennsylvania that was, was an international engineering consultant. And they had to close my department. It was just, we just could not get enough work. And, uh, and so I went into... Um, maintenance management for a facility for several years and uh, finally decided that I would just as soon do contracting. So I did that for a number of years until finally got to the point where I realized that, you know, you can only pound nails for so long and eventually I'm going to have to sit at a desk. And so that's when I started trying to do something in on the internet, and I can't say that that's been anywhere near as successful. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot more difficult than you think. But, uh, but anyway, that's, that's my story in terms of just an idea of where I'm coming from. You know, that <clears throat> I'm not, I, I'm, I like to think that I, I can fix things, and, and, uh, and I have. So, got us going on this thing about the republic and the democracy. You know, the, the United States as a, as a republic or the United States as a democracy. And, uh, and it's really a question that never really came up until the last few years. And, and it's become more and more of a question because of what's been going on recently as far as just, just what? Where are these people taking us? It's, uh, <laughs> you know, and over the years it's uh, been questionable too, but it, lately it's even worse. As far as this whole thing with COVID nineteen, uh, I, you know, hesitate to be too vocal about it, but I gotta tell you, folks, 
this is got this is going to go down as one of the biggest scams you know since H.G. Wells and the War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, and if they're successful, I mean, if it's just, we're in we're in well, you know, the old proverbial deep doo doo. But anyway. What I was hoping is that if I could get the story out, that we might have some recourse of some kind. If, if enough people knew just what the story was when the Founding Fathers got together, or what it was that they were putting together. And when you think back to Franklin, Ben Franklin, and that quote that you probably have seen more than once, where someone asks him about, you know, do we have a monarchy or a republic? And his response is, we have a republic if we can keep it. And it's like, that's isn't that a, a weird proviso? I mean, how can you figure that keeping... A republic would be anywhere near an issue or a problem or even something to consider. I mean, after all, you know, there's the Republic of Vietnam and the Republic of the Congo. These guys don't seem to have any difficulty keeping their republic. Why in the world would there be any difficulty in ours being kept? And this is from Ben Franklin, one of the guys that sat down and hammered it out. So there's got to be something to this, you know, as far as it goes. And I have to say, it, there is something to it. And it was a, an issue when you get right down to it. And there were things that were, so to speak, unsettled in the time of the Constitution and sort of left unaddressed and, and made it so that it was, that the Republic was on tender hooks of sorts. And then they weren't such that it was going to happen overnight or in 10 years. You know, it was something that had the potential of going amiss. And I don't know, from my, you know, this is purely on, how would you say that? They call it uh, where you're looking back, you know, hindsight. And, uh, and just from what I've seen in my time, in my life, the, the number of people, if, if, if you really, you know, when, by the time I'm done with the, the story, the untold story of the Republic, uh, there's, if, if there were over a half a percent of the people at the time of Ben Franklin, or even up until 1790, that you could have taken anybody off the street and said, hey, you know, what's this deal? You know, Ben said that uh, we might not be able to keep the Republic. And could you elaborate on that? And I don't believe that one out of 10,000 people could even begin to tell you back in those days. And today, we have... 300 million people in the country, and I don't believe that you'd be able to find any more people than, than you could back then. I mean, most people today have wouldn't be able to even say that there's any kind of possible difference between the republic and the democracy, that they're essentially one and the same. 
And all this illuminates is that they don't know what it was that was being discussed at the time of the Constitution and how it was being discussed. And, and it's little things. It's just like the one that if you, you know, you can do some looking on your own, but it just has to do for instance with just, just basic English. And the often you will see, just like on the uh, thing there that's the, the picture of the Rick's rumbling of the Constitution, you'll often see that it's we the people and the people is capitalized. And so it's like, oh, well, you know, but that, what does that mean in English? You know, see, and I mean just English grammar. It means that people is a proper noun. I see. The reason you capitalize your name is because it's a proper noun. This means that it's distinguishing a smaller set out of the entire set of lowercase people. There is a group of people that's smaller that is we the people of the United States of America. And again, United is not capitalized. So that means that they're referring to just generic United. They're not calling this a proper noun, or it's not a proper noun to signify an entity called the United States. It's just simply states of America, which are united. It's a descriptive adjective and not a proper noun. So, the di <laughs> when you look to see to what this means, the change in meaning is sizable. And, uh, and it leads to a lot of misunderstandings. And this is just simple English that we've, we've lost. Because people today, I, I'm not sure. And then not only that, when you see the Constitution, I've got a copy of it in a, in a small pamphlet, and they don't capitalize it. You see? They don't, they don't show it as a proper noun. And yet you talk to legalists, and they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, it's a proper noun, and it was it meant a certain group of people. So that's the kind of stuff that I'll be kicking around in this thing. And uh, I'm going to start out with the whole thing about democracy, and it's just the, I don't know, I guess... Just to give you a hint, the someone was talking about it, and they indicated a, a, one of the Greek fellows. I'm not sure just what which one it was, Socrates or I don't know, Euripides. Who knows? Anyway, they indicated the if you wanted to know or wanted to implement democracy or at least know what it was all about, the thing to do would be to make your family situation into a democracy and that this would reveal to you the utility and function of the democratic process and I don't know about you but I'm not so sure that work all that well 
And that's why I want to basically look at the, the whole question of the qualifications of the voter. Because that's what this brings up. I mean, in your family, you're going to have your kids voting on issues. You know, what kind of car are we going to get? Uh, you know, and and the, the kids get to vote on that? I mean, this is, this is what you're dealing with as far as democracy is concerned. And so that's probably the first thing I'll go over. And at the same time, when you're going over the voting issue, you raise all these other things. And so depending on how that goes, I'll either wax long or short because some of it is better off said when you're addressing the other issue, which is what I call and what George calls the status. You know, the, what's this, what is your status? And, and this has to do not with what you find in Facebook. This has to do with your legal status. And, um, that's a whole other ball game. And it's usually something that is hardly ever a question because, I mean, most people will avoid ever having to determine what their legal status is. And they very seldom could even begin to tell you what they would, you know, they would go, huh? If you said, what's your legal status? They would, who knows, you see? And yet, this is important because when you go into a court, the court will take notice, what they call judicial notice of your status. And it is done really e even prior to your showing up. You're, you're simply going through the motions of, of doing your paperwork and so on, have a way of revealing your status. And so when you're before the court, which is to say the judge and, and all that, your status is, a, a way, they're aware of it, but you're not. And so how the court rules in a, in whatever arena that you're in, can be affected or affected by that status that you know nothing about. And so this is why it's important for people to be aware of just what it is and how, how do you get there, how do you keep it, and so on. So that'll be something that'll be down the road. And, uh, and I don't know how much, you know, it's in a way I've already... It, democracy, I mean, in a nutshell, as far as it goes, if you're, uh, you know, to, to really, to make, to what, to what works, what's effective in democracy is seen in the, mar, in, the, in, a, in the economic realm. Uh, if we patterned our democracy after the economic realm, where instead of voting, that you were sent a list of items that the, the government felt were necessary. You know, one aircraft carrier, you know, two missiles, 14 bombs, 32 desks, 42 filing cabinets, and, you know, so on down the line. And literally, that was your shopping list. And everyone would put an amount 
that they would put towards whatever the item was. And, and literally would say, I'll buy that. That's a vote, you see? And it's, it, it also is the vote in the sense that it puts the, uh, whoever has their hands on the purse strings is the boss. You see, we handed the purse strings over to Congress. So we're not the boss. And so that would be to maintain the integrity of the whole idea of the people being the boss is because they have to have their hands on the purse strings. So right there, you know, that's how you need to make democracy work. And granted, it would be a pain in the ass, but I don't see it being all that much worse than what we're doing now. Anyway, but I'm not saying we should do that. <laughs> Just wanting to point out that if you wanted to really make democracy work, that would be a lot more effective in getting the job done than, than what we're doing right now. So anyway, I'm going to cut this off. And also, well, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm, there are going to be commercials, you know, here and there. <laughs> There's a few things that I'd, that I'd like to see people use more of. And so I'm going to try to, you know, get it out there. And also, you know, I'm going to have some sponsors to one degree or another. So I'll be pitching their stuff possibly. And, and I'll be asking if you guys could make any contributions if, uh, if you find this worthwhile and you want me to keep it up, then uh, go for it, you know. That's all I can tell you. But I hope you stick around long enough to, to at least get the untold story. And uh, we'll see you around next time. Before you go... I just want to let you know that there is an orientation episode, you know, and it says orientation on what is available. Uh, I would have put that, you know, down at the beginning because, you know, but <laughs> I can't, uh, I don't believe that they allow you to change the sequences of the, you know, the chronology of when these were made. So I'm just tagging this on at the end so that you'll know that there is a, kind of an overview that you can take a look or listen to and and then guide you to where you may want to really start listening. So again, I hope you can get something out of this. Talk to you later. <laughs>